This is Splice. Welcome to Splice Pink. I'm Alan. Pink is where we have quick conversations with people around the globe around what's going on in the media ecosystem. We talk to media startup founders, tech, data. We also talk to product managers, academics, and of course, funders and donors. Today, we're speaking with Mohammed Nanabai. He's deputy CEO at Media Development Investment Fund. MDIF recently launched MDIF Ventures to invest $1 million in emerging media startups. And it's not totally new. This builds on a previous program that MDIF ran back in 2012 to 2015. Thanks for joining us here, Mohammed. Nice to be with you. So what prompted NBIF to come back into the media startup investment space? I know you've you've always done big investments, but this is once again back to the old school of, of doing uh, micro investments, right? So, you know, we've always uh, invested, uh, done equity investments in media. I mean, you know, we go back to, you know, Malaysia Kini, where it was the early 2000s, where um, we did an early investment into the company. So, you know, we, it's been part of our DNA for a long time. Um, when we did digital news ventures, uh, the fund that you mentioned, you know, it was a very deliberate attempt by ourselves, even though we were doing equity, but to really look at what some of the changes in the landscape were um, and to use the fund as both a learning for ourselves, um, but also, you know, to be able to look at uh, how we could take those learnings and share them with some of, some of our existing clients. Um you know, since that fund, it was it was quite successful. We seeded companies uh, out of that fund, such as Scroll in India, Katadata in Indonesia. Um, so companies that, you know, have become really important players in the independent media ecosystem. Um, since then, we've uh, done other types of in, uh, startup investing. In South Africa, we run a program called the South African Media Innovation Program, where we work with early stage companies as well, um, help them along in the start with grants, um, and then with some of them, as they find product market fit, um, we'll do following in, follow on investments in them. Um, so, you know, this is really just uh, a, a, the next step on the journey. Hmm. Um, and conceptualizing this fund, you know, uh, in the same way when we did digital news ventures, there was a shift, shift happening in the ecosystem. And I think a similar shift is taking place at the moment. Um, you know, we've learned a lot coming out of the pandemic, but also yeah. just, you know, uh, I think by the time we get... From 2010 to 2020, you know, we've seen shifts in tools, we've seen shifts in uh, distribution and, and so on. So it's really an exciting time to be starting a new media company. I mean, this fund is there to support. Right. I was going to say that that with the first fund, I mean, that was 2012. That was a long time ago with a very different environment, right? And of course, now we're, we're in a pandemic uh, phase of, uh, of, well, not just media, but society as a whole. But what, what have you learned from running the first fund that informed you know, the way you structured this latest one? So, you know, I think what was really interesting about the first fund, because it was it was structured as a sort of early stage angel fund where, you know, we wrote uh, a number of checks um, for companies starting out. So there were a couple of lessons which I think are interesting uh, for media investors. Um, so the first is, you know, it, it typically followed what you'd see in a normal startup fund or venture fund um, where, you know, you're not expecting to have all the full cohort to be successful. Um, of course, you want them to be as an investor. When you go on and you start investing, you want everybody you back to be successful. But some companies will fail. They just won't get that product market fit. Um, but the funding allows them to try. Um, you get some companies that sort of amble along 
you know, uh, might not return a lot of capital, but, you know, still do important work. Um, and you get a couple of companies that will seek growth um, and they need mm. follow-on funding and investing. So by being able to cut those early checks, you know, you can make those bet on, bets on those founders, um, give them the space to try. Um, and, you know, so typically following what happens in a normal VC fund, um, but we also saw that then there's a need for following investment, right? So you mm. can't just cut that first check and walk away. Um, you know, there needs to be money that comes in. We, we've, you know, one of the things that came out of that fund was we were able to deploy larger pools of money that MJF had to invest into some of those companies um, and grow with them and help them along that journey. What I've always admired about NBIF is, is that you take a very long view in this space. You know, a VC would give you a five-year uh, runway to, to get things moving, but you guys do take a much longer view on, on this. Yeah, you know, I mean, and and that's really why MGF exists. We 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 are patient capital and we are impact capital. You know, we we first and foremost do what we do uh, because we believe that media companies and journalism has an important role to play in the world. Um, so our existence really to support those publishers, those editors, to be able to uh, do the news and do the reporting and journalism that they need to do. Um, and you know, you can't take a short term view on that. Um, you know, hmm. uh, you know, we've we've been doing this for 25 years, um, and you know, it needs to. It's it's critical for the fabric of our democracies and the countries you know we'd like to operate in and the world we'd like to see. How would would a fund like this uh, gauge success? Because it takes a long time for you to to not just return the capital, but also to see the impact that you're looking for. As much as we are a nonprofit impact investor, you know, we still focus on financial metrics as well. So we come back and assess um, what's the return on invested capital in the fund over time. So, you know, we're constantly looking at those numbers. Um, but we also report impact metrics quite heavily as MDIF. Um, so we put out an impact report every year. Um, we, we try to, you know, uh, map what's our impact on our clients. So have we helped them grow their businesses, grow distribution, grow sales? Um, but also what the impact of our clients are on the world. What sort of reporting have they done? You know, have they reported on corruption? Um, you know, what sort of investigative journalism has been done? Um, so really taking a holistic view to impact. A million dollars doesn't seem like very much to go around for, for you know, 12 companies, as, as you say you would support. How did you arrive at that number? And why not, you know, try to build something as, as large as, say, a $10 million fund instead? Sure. So, you know, so obviously this isn't the only fund that we have as MGIF. You know, we've, we've got, uh, you know, around $100 million under management um, across the various funds that we operate. Um, this fund has a specific focus. Um, so, you know, looking at the types of companies we expect to look at and the experimentation we want to support, um, it seemed like the right number. And this is annually, right? So we, we're starting it this year. Um, you know, potentially we uh, look at deploying further money um, over time. Um, but, you know, this allows us to cut, you know, those 10 to 12 checks of various sizes. So we don't expect that all companies would require the same size of investment. Um, we obviously operate in different geographies um, and a 25, 50, $100,000 goes, you know, uh, different uh, amount of, uh, gives you a different amount of runway depending on where you are. Um, and of course, you know, part of this as well is we hope to attract other investors into the ecosystem or at least support them. So if somebody is raising a round, you know, we'd, we'd happily join the round. Um, hopefully by having MGIF as a media investor in gives uh, confidence to other investors who perhaps, you know, uh, are thinking about media, might not have invested in the past, 
um, but they'd feel more comfortable having somebody who's done it before. Yeah, can you talk a little bit about that? I think that's really interesting, right? For for a heavyweight uh, like MDIF to be to be there to kind of show the way to other investors, um, can you describe what you know what that space looks like for anyone who's not invested in media before? I mean, you obviously work with a number of partners and investors around the world. You know exactly where their their concerns are and their hopes for this space. What what is that like? That's something that that I guess a lot of us don't ever see. Yeah, so it's 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 interesting. Um, you know, you, you've got your mission-focused investors, so people who um, want to have an impact. Uh, and what what happens typically in the media space is, you know, you'd have an investor like us that looks globally um, and looks at country, but often in many countries there might be investors who are concerned with their country or their region, um, and they might want to invest because they see the value of independent media. Um, you can see what it means, you know, in the fight against corruption, in terms of better governance and so on. Um, so having an investor who can help them look at a deal and say, well, you know, this is a company that has a good chance of success, um, you know, it's moving in the right direction is reassuring to an investor um, who is just tipping their feet into media. Um, and I think it's it's great to have those local investors on board. Um, you know, it, it shows confidence in the company. Um, but also it brings other people along for the journey. Um, and often uh, by them investing, you know, you know, they see what's going on in the market. You know, they, they know what, the, what that media company is doing, its impact on the ground. Um, so it's, it's, it's really, you know, we've, we've seen this play out uh, in some of our earlier investments where sometimes, you know, just opening that door and allowing the entrepreneur, entrepreneur to go on and say, we've got a professional media investor. You know, they've looked at the business. They're happy to invest. You know, we can arrange a conversation with them, or you know, and you can piggyback on their due diligence. Um, mm. It's super helpful to the entrepreneur in doing that. Um, if not at the first round of investment, you know, because we're happy to take that risk, right? And this is part of what that fund is. Um, we're going in. You know, we know it's early, it's early stage, so there's a risk, but it de-risks it by having us there. Um, and then maybe in subsequent rounds, it also allows them to bring others uh, investors in as well. Mm. What would you say are some of the the media spaces that are underinvested right now? So you know what's 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 interesting about a fund like this is uh, you know we we're looking quite broadly, um, so we don't have a set uh, hypothesis on what these companies would be. Um, you know, through our experience, we know what uh, makes a good founding team. Um, you know, we know what uh, type of product fit needs to happen. We know that sometimes it takes a pivot or two in order to get to that product fit. Um, but given those parameters. You know, uh, we wanted to be quite wide um, in deploying the fund. So if you look at that fund, uh, the announcement and uh, the funding page, it's really written quite broadly, and that's done deliberately. Um, we wanted to get beyond what the usual suspects might be or the usual types of companies might be and to say, well, you know, there's innovation happening. Um, we might not be seeing it. We, might, we know what makes a good founding team. We know, you know, what the guardrails are to build this media business. Um, but often the product, you know, there's some 20-year-old or 30-year-old who's, you know, seen something in a market they're operating and sees an opportunity. And we want to hear from them and be open-minded to what they want to build. Yeah. You know, one of the other things that, that Richard and I admire so much about MDIF is just how, how willing you are to broaden the definition of, of media. So like one of your, your investments has gone into uh, Josh Talks, uh, which we think is an incredible, exciting you know, media opportunity that I think more people should be thinking about. So when, when you say that 
that you know what makes a good founding team and what makes a great product. You know, what, what have you seen about founders and founding teams that, that you think are, you know, that, that you look for, that tick boxes for you? You know, so first of all, you know, we, we, we're very interested in somebody who's, uh, who comes from the editorial background because it keeps the company on mission, right? So, you know, one of the things mm. we've learned from the previous fund is um, when we have people who, you know, don't come from the editorial background, it's easy for the co company to pivot off mission. It might make a successful company, right? Because it's you know often easier to uh, build a SaaS tool or you know something in the content mm. marketing space um, and be you know uh, financially successful. Um, but you know stepping away from you know sort of that journalism mission. So you know having one of the founding members who you know comes from that background who's committed to that space, um, but you know on the other hand they need to have the partner, right? And the partner needs to be right. the product person um, or somebody thinking about product. Um, you know, a great example of this, you know, and I always use this example is the Malaysia Akini founding team between Stephen mm -hmm. and Prem. Even though they both have the journalism background, you know, Stephen's, you know, all about editorial, running that newsroom, and Prem's super focused on building great product. Um, and that makes a superb founding team um, because they check each other, um, but they also push each other to grow and to grow the business. Yeah, we, we often look at, at a lot of these companies and we go, oh, you know, not not yet another founding team that's all editorial or, <laughs> you know, or, or some kind of uh, someone who's got years of experience in journalism. Of course, we don't want to knock that, but we often feel like that becomes a handicap at a certain, you know, at a certain point. Yeah. And, and I, I think, you know, people who've, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, I spent my career in digital, you know, I've been challenged to think about print and the, you know, other types of media as I, you know, uh, got involved with MDIF. But I think being able to constantly um, think about the forms of journalism, think about how we distribute content, to think about how we engage with our audiences um, is really important because unfortunately, I think one of the things we see within the media industry and the journalism industry is, while we think about big audiences, often there's a smaller audience, which is other journalists, right? And we mm -hmm. like, you know, talking about our own success internally. And then, you know, we we often don't see the larger market and the larger picture. So we think we're doing well, but really, you know, there's a question of are we doing well? You know, maybe we talk about our great newsletter, our great podcast, but if it's, you know, ourselves talking about it as journalists and media, you know, and the audience isn't paying for it or using it, um, you know, there's a there's a real question of what success means. And 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 speaking of which, I mean, you know, you guys obviously take an, an investment stake, uh, an ownership stake in, in in these companies that you invest in. How do you go about figuring out what that number looks like? Uh, you know, I, I'm sure it's not the same across all, you know, potentially twelve companies. How do you how do you make that decision? So, you know, with 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 this fund specifically, um, because it's an early stage fund. Um, we 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 we're using tools that would uh, you know uh, make doing these investments uh, founder friendly um, and easy to do. So in cases where you know uh, it's a startup, there's no revenue or it's very early in the revenue journey, um, we'd look at doing safes or convertible notes so we can delay valuation um, until the company's grown. Um, mm -hmm. In some cases, there might be a round that's valued, so we'd be happy to go in there. So we're approaching it in a flexible manner. Um, where, you know, we, we don't feel constrained by saying, well, we have to value everything, um, just knowing it's early stage. Of course, you know, uh, if you're coming to MJ for a lot of money and a larger check, um, it's going to be, you know, a different process and more rigorous, um, depending on the stake we're taking.
So one one question we'd like to ask our, our guests is, I mean, you're you're very familiar with the work that that Splice does. You know, our goal is to help support the media startup um, ecosystem around us. What do you think we can do more to be to be a stronger ally for for you know for a founding team, for example? No, so I think you know the work that Splice does is uh, is critical to the ecosystem. Um, you know, we you know you see it, uh, you know, because I think there's a lot of things that we see in developed markets um, which are great but perhaps don't translate directly into emerging markets and you know uh, other parts of the world and i think splice really plays a role in connecting those dots so you know and and vice versa right also taking things we're seeing in other markets um that you know might not be in play in the us and showing you know why they're important um and what i like that spice has done and i'd like to see it continue is playing this convening role where it can bring people who are building companies, building product, um, give them a platform, but also let them share um, both the success, but often more importantly, the failure and the learnings. I know we like those types of stories and that's why we're, we're hoping to do more of these types of, uh, of uh, podcast episodes. You know, I think, I think all these new formats have been really, really quite powerful and interesting. So thank you for, for your time, Mohammed. That was uh, Mohammed Nanabai, Deputy CEO at MDIF. That's a wrap for this episode of Splice Pink. If you like this podcast and want more, please subscribe. Better yet, share this with someone else. And get in touch. We're on splicemedia.com and we'll catch you in the next one.